1: no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Three billionaire playboys. One, but also sometimes two lowly entrepreneurs. One chance to hit the big bucks. If you've seen Dragon's Den or Shark Tank, this is the same as those. But not similar enough to constitute any sort of legal action. This is Rat's Nest.
3: Welcome to Rats Nest, the only podcast hosted by three multi-billionaire playboys. It's a show where lowly entrepreneurs pitch their business and product ideas in exchange for our big money and cash dollar bills. But today, we're taking it easy here in the nest. Today, it's just me and my boys, and I'm talking about Jeremiah St. Baby. Hey, happy Chinese New Year's, Jeremiah St. Baby, baby. And I'm talking about the rumbler, the tumbler. I'm talking... Spankin' Hank ass himself. Hank ass.
1: Sherman, it's great to be here as always. Talking money with Woo. my favorite Big Money Boys.
3: Woo. These are my boys. We're talking about Big Money. We're talking about Bean Boys, and <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. So what? Uh, what's going on this week in your lives? I want to know what's happening with my boys. I can't stand to be away from your voices for longer than seven days or so. So I gotta know, Sherman. I thought you would never ask. I was going to. Really, um... <laughs> I feel like I ask every time we talk. <laughs> yeah, you, it's it's so
4: funny because you do. You've established a pattern on this show of asking these questions, but still, every episode, I have to admit that I think you're you're never gonna ask. Wow. And uh, it's just it shocks me to my core that you ask because I'm always on the edge of my seat because I, you know, waiting bated breath, as it were.
3: I'm just so good at at the building a. Uh... Tension. Yeah. Anyways, go on. Look, it's
4: my it's my millionaire big money minute, and right now I am telling everybody within the sound of my voice in this recording to buy in at the ground floor of my new development project, cn 2 CN2er? We're talking about the second CN Tower, and I've got the rights to build it right next door to the existing CN Tower in downtown Toronto, Ontario, in the waterfront communities. What I'm going to do, I was, uh, one week from today, I'm going to break ground in the downtown of this beautiful city on a new housing development, which plans to erect a replica of the tower which we all adore and
3: wow. worship.
4: And I'm going wow. to sell it to whoever wants to uh, live in there. Uh, of course, there's plans for building uh, uh, CN3-er, CN4-er, and so on and so on and so on uh, down the line, of course, following the success of uh,
1: CN2-er. Um, Let me say what I think I'm hearing now. Left. You are building multiple replica CN Towers in Toronto's downtown business core for young up and coming professionals to live in? Oh my
4: god,
3: Hank, when I hear you say it, I'm rock hard.
1: Why? Yes. This- This This is is, something else. This is incredible.
3: I'm on my my knees. I'm praying and and, and my prayers have been answered and wow. And my knees are numb and I can't stand up. I feel incredible. Well, that's exactly how it happened with me. You know, I live very close to there. At least one of my properties is really close to there. And on one of my
4: walks, you know, if I happen to pass it along Simcoe Street or Bremner, if I'm on that corner, you know, I do a sun salute. I pretend it's Mecca. I lay down. I pray to the tower at any rate. The gods blessed me with this dream of building CN Tour and selling it to the highest bidder who wants to live like a king at the top
1: of a (laughs) tower. So Okay, so let me get this straight. It's not like a sort of series of apartment or condo, condominiums, that are sort of go up, 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 up in a sort of shape that's somewhat like the CN Tower with maybe a couple extra condos at the top. It's one condo. Yes, I was gonna ask the same. At the top of (laughs) a massive tower of glass and concrete.
4: Yeah, well, ostensibly, it's a radio communications, telecommunications, you know, array.
3: So does the penthouse, the one suite, does it does it have the communications?
4: Well, it's got everything. It's got the revolving restaurant. Okay,
3: so they are exact replicas. It's
4: an exact replica. It's got the revolving restaurant. It's got the glass floor. But the difference is you could park your Lexus in the bottom there instead of just that aquarium that's there. You know, you, you right. this is your house. And you got all the elevators go up to the top yeah. where you live. And all of the levels are levels in your home. Well, it sounds wonderful.
3: And are units selling fast? Tell me, about, I have to assume that, you know, if there's one unit in each building, I mean, the, h- how many have you got planned? How many have you already pre sold?
1: This, I, I really, before you answer this, I gotta say, this is easily my favorite part of this entire en- enterprise <laughs> is that <laughs> it's gotta be the largest, <laughs> least, the largest condos I've ever heard of with the least efficient use of space. You're damn right. It's so ostentatious.
3: It's like a, it's like you're redefining practicality, you know?
1: It's like walking into an orphanage and making it rain with 100 dollar <laughs> bills and then and then <laughs> vacuuming them out of the orphans' hands at the end and walking away. I love it. Gentlemen,
3: I am I, I mean this boner <laughs> I have for this idea. You could break ground with that thing, my friend. Sherman, Hank, this is exactly it. It is, yeah, it's wasteful. But you know
4: what? When you got the money, you gotta flaunt it. That's condo culture. Plus, I believe in science. I'm listening to the climate scientists. They say in 50 years, the water levels are going to increase to such a degree that you're going to want to live in this town.
1: I can't wait to be a part of that Toronto. A Toronto where there's only 10 to 12 12- People still alive, all living at the top of their own CN tower, (laughs) just sort (laughs) of holding on.
4: Holding on. It's a Jetson situation. So you've got your Rosie the Robot, which we're working on. We haven't broken ground on Rosie yet, but that's down the line. And, you know, your neighbor across the street has a tower like yours. And every half hour, you know, the revolving living room slash restaurant passes by and changes the view.
3: I mean, come on. I feel like a nice little bonus for, you know, an incentive thing to get these units moving is, you know, condo, you go and you look at condos and stuff. They always want to give you a little extra little gift or whatever. I th- I say just strap a little dinghy on the side of the uh, observatory up there. You know what I mean? Just so that they're ready for, yeah. for the inevitable. A little dinghy boat, you know. Just so
4: that they're ready.
3: And it'll look so cute. It'll look like an ornament on a tree, you know, in the meantime.
4: I love it. And I'm going to do you one better. That dinghy, we can also make it sort of like an airship, you know, like a dirigible, like a dinghy that's a dirigible. (laughs) So it kind of floats on air, not just water, you know, Sure. because who knows?
1: Wow. You know, that was always sort of my dream of the future was uh, that the climate uh, crisis would advance to such a degree that the only citizens left on earth would be a handful of billionaires flying around in their respective blimps and zeppelins <laughs> until they run out of gas and uh slowly plummet to their deaths uh each of us uh in his own fashion to his own beliefs uh flying whatever flag represents uh what he lived for but the idea that we might have our last moments as billionaires waving to one another from our respective downtown Toronto revolving restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> now that's how, that's how you wanna die.
4: Isn't that a hoot? It's just a hoot. Anyway, I got a designer in there. He's basically I hired this designer to bite the style of the original tower and um, you know, do whatever you can do to make the interior of the tower feel like it is now, but also make it like a home. You know, if you want to change things up, make like a home theater out of, you know, whatever else is up there. It's
3: been some time for me. I'm almost thinking the the bulbous part up, up at the top of the tower, because, you know, these water levels are just going to keep rising. The gas wars are coming. You want to be mobile, you know, not to say that, not to suggest that necessarily us rich folks, when it gets to that point, are immediately going to turn on each other for food and gas. But, you know, things get it's business when it's business, business. I'm thinking maybe that whole chunk of the top of this tower is detachable and becomes a boat itself. And then it's mobile.
4: Holy smokes, oh Sherman. See, this is the sort of thing, synergy. This is why I need my rats to come on board before I make big decisions. You know what? It's not part of cn 2 but you know what? CN3, CN4,
3: that's, that's, that's absolutely a possibility. I'm just, I'm just thinking we, the three of us, you know, we set up our units right next to each other. That way, when it gets to that point, we detach, and we just go bust Bezos right off the, you know, right. we knock him off the map immediately, get whatever resources he has, stockpile that. You know what yeah, I'm yeah about? as much as I respect Bezos, too, but it's like, yeah, as soon as the gas wars begin, and we're all going after
4: Guzzoline, you know, of course, it's every man for himself. I don't care who Bezos is at that point. Yeah.
1: Guys, I'm looking forward to the future. I got to say, this is the only time three billionaires have gotten together and sort of privately agreed that the climate crisis is real.
4: It's one of those things where, look, I'm a f- it's all about the futures market.
1: Well, you know what? I've had a pretty good week myself there, Sherman. Yes. Uh, speaking
3: of futures, tell us about your recent past and then guide us to the present. And then we'll look toward the
1: future. Well, you know, I've got a lot to share. And um, first off, I want to give a shout out to this television show that all Canadians know that has been a part of our cultural fabric for 25 years now. It's the longest running Canadian satire, news satire, political satire show. And they do not pull punches. This show, it's called the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Oh yes, of course. You don't even gotta tell us twice, but you could tell our listeners. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Police. Please, please. please <laughs> as in <laughs> give me a break. Uh, they are just so wild. They go for the kill every time. They you know, Canadian uh politicians may as well be a series of finely chopped uh squash and zucchini and with some meats because they're getting skewered. Yeah,
3: and they really, they don't, you're right, they don't pull punches. But no one's getting hurt,
1: you know, it's just fun. It's, no one's hurt, no one's getting hurt. Right? So I'm shouting it out, I'm giving it a big Hank-ass, check it out if you somehow have been living under a rock in Canada, check out the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. And um, And I wanted to play a little clip that we got special permission to play. It's a little song parody, and it's what they do so well, and it just, and it's really... Uh, apropos of the current moment, both in terms of uh, the content of what it's saying and the and the song, which you may recognize, millennials. So, um, uh, let's have a listen to this. <music>
2: Social distance Protect yourself And friends And anyone You have To be around Social distance And stay six feet Apart So you don't end Up six feet Underground Social distance your folks this was not
1: yeah, and it's long. That's what I love about it. It's so long. Yeah, yes, exactly.
4: It's long, and they didn't shorten it. There's no
3: truncated...
1: No, it's great. It's funny,
3: I feel like you could wash your hands fully, you know, if you had COVID on your hands, you could wash that off fully and completely, maybe three, four times before the end of this track. That's right.
4: No, I mean, I just like that it reminds me about the virus and the things that are going on, like you said, of the moment. And it reminds me to do the things that the health people told me to do.
1: I mean, yeah. So, you know, just giving a quick shout out to this wonderful show, um, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Yeah. So, Sherman, that is my little special shout out. And that's what's been going good in my life. Are you ready for the bad news? Oh. Oh, boy.
3: I wasn't expecting this. But, yeah. What's
1: going on, Hank? So, the last time we discussed my real-life Garfields, things were in a bit of a tense state. I don't know if oh. you recall. Um, We were sort of trying to unload them for uh, for anyone, for the listeners not familiar. Yes, I created a Garfield. It's sort of a genetically mutated slash trained series of uh, semi-cloned... Semi-bred orange cats mm-hmm. um, that roll their eyes sarcastically, um, although without much control, mm-hmm. and only eat lasagna and fear Mondays. They really, and, yeah,
3: yeah, dread them in a in a really dark, dark kind of way. If I remember correctly, yeah, it's a it's a very existential dread. This these cats. That's right.
1: Yeah, in as much as a cat can appear to experience to know of its existence and of the uh, sort of pending. Uh, uh, end of that to know its own death and to know its situation upon this earth and to know its own suffering and that things could be better these cats appear aware of all of that
4: you're saying it's gotten worse than that because i thought this was just a snag you know when that kind of came up i thought you, you know what hank's a good guy he's a resilient businessman i trust him he's gonna overcome
1: well so okay so here's where we left things off i was mass manufacturing these real-life Garfields in an attempt to uh, push them onto the market. Mm -hmm. We'd created a very compelling advertising campaign, and I don't know if you guys remembered, but I sort of revealed that some of my motivation for doing this and sort of rushing this was that my older brother had told me that it wasn't going to work, it wasn't a good idea. I'm kind of trying to prove him wrong. Yeah,
4: I mean, your brother, I mean, look... As much as I love him, and I think he's a god and an Adonis and a sex he's machine, very cool and, and I want to be him—a yep. real yep. cool guy, like he really, really has a cool. Lot of sex. You know, I want you to defeat him. You're my friend first, and uh, you know, I want you to come out uh, and have the upper hand.
3: Thank you. your brother is really, truly one of those people who's. It's just like, man, he's so funny, like comedian yes. level, like funnier than yes. like my comedian friends. You know what I mean?
1: He's the kind of guy. I went to a comedy club with him, and he heckled the comedian. And I've never the the comedian just gave him a round of applause yes that's right i saw the video
4: on youtube it said comedian destroyed by heckler and it's like it's so satisfying when that happens
1: you know when a comedian gets heckled (laughs) and then they sort of sarcastically say do you want to try this sir and then you know it's like that's the tone yeah this is the only time i've ever seen a comedian say do you want to try this sir yeah (laughs) it was wild honestly asking if he'd like to and my brother did, and he got up there and did some jokes off the dome, and he killed. It was great. And he killed, yeah. A lot of those jokes were at my expense. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, that's why you're the bigger man, you know. That's, that's right. why you yep. are the bigger man. And Hank, I can't, I can't stress this enough. Please, like, let us know, uh, you know, if your brother's gonna do like an open mic night or oh, something yeah. like that, because I would love, to, I would really love to see him like do like like written material, like like really, because yeah. oh, man.
1: Imagine because
3: he's that good off the cuff. Off the cuff.
1: No, yeah, he's, you know, he's a great performer. He's a great writer, a great lover of women Mm -hmm. and men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, he's. I love it. He's a great guy, and yeah. I will not rest until my sword is at his throat and he's begging for mercy. Very well yep. said. So we had our first big push. We flooded the market with real-life Garfields. Mm-hmm. We had a promotional campaign where you could get them real cheap. We just wanted some sort of word-of-mouth advertising. We figured once you had them, you enjoy it. You enjoy the way you can sort of interact with it and the ways that it's like Garfield. You tell your friends, they get them, etc. Has not worked out the way we hoped. We have been forced to recall the first batch of Garfields. No. After they induced what the FDA referred to as a depression pandemic among the first children that interacted.
3: Okay, and you know what? I was going to ask you about this because the other night, and I called Jeremiah about this, Mm -hmm. but my phone lit up. With one of those emergency, it was like an emergency, you know, you know, the government they'll send out like an emergency blast. Amber alert. Yeah. Except it just popped up and it had a picture of one of your cats. And my phone just started, it went on full blast and just started going, come here. And all the cats in the neighborhood were rushing towards the sound. I've been looking at my window. I'm seeing everyone else's phones are doing the same thing. Was this you're doing?
4: Yes. Okay, yeah. So the Amber Alert was the government's way of kind of assisting with that, right?
3: Right, and oh, I didn't yes. understand it because it just made all the Garfields go to people's phones. I don't know why you would do that to try and round them up.
1: Here's the thing. We tried to do a recall in as subtle a way as possible and that backfired. Right?
3: okay, yeah.
1: Now let me give you guys some more details before you ask any more questions. First of all, we want to apologize to all the children that interacted with these Garfields and experienced what the FDA and various parent groups are referring to as a pity beyond their years. <laughs> <laughs> a, a transformative pity from which they may not recover. Uh, a lot of kids apparently in, that mo- in the moment that they first laid eyes on poor, pathetic Garfield went goth.
0: Oh, a lot no. of kids went wow. no. a oh, lot of
1: kids sort of lost their zest for life damn oh no they they had not experienced in such a direct way pain and loss as i guess a couple moments with a real life garfield was able to bring on who
4: that's uh yeah Whew.
1: you guys asked early on you know how in the cartoons in the comics we can hear Garfield's thoughts. Mm-hmm. We, yes. You can read the speech bubble. You guys asked me, are we gonna be able to do that with the real life Garfields? I said, we're working on it. Mm-hmm. We worked on it. We made the collars, like the ones that the dogs wear in the Pixar movie Up. Uh-huh. That sort of translate the pet's thoughts right. into a uh, language that you can understand. So we were trying that out. And uh that did not help matters. Oh no. Most parents reported that the cats would only repeat one phrase, and that was, why? (laughs) Apparently, a lot of these cats were just asking why. Oh, man. And so we are now trying to run some diagnostics on this. We're trying to figure out if they were simply confused by their new surroundings or, you know, day to day experiences, or if it was a more existential question about, you know, their lives on this earth, which is what a lot of these kids seem to think. Also, some of the Garfields were caught begging the children to, quote, end their pain. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the research
3: you're doing just on that front is not going to take too long for you to but a big old to Markness. That I was gonna ask,
4: Hank, we talked about it. I advised you, just like they did in Jurassic Park, to breed the cats with an enzyme so you can deny them the lysine so they would just
1: start dying. So they'll, they'll die. Well, here's the problem. I did try to do that. Okay. And I tried to turn them off, and I guess I didn't put enough or I put oh. too much or whatever the okay. enzymes are. I don't think I had the right scientists or whatever they had on Jurassic Park because it just killed the cats a bit oh no It <laughs> just slowed them down not and fully made him, and made them sad
3: oh no oh, god nah this is like a real life pet
1: cemetery guys here's the tragic horrible end to this tale because it's not over okay we did manage to recall them more forcefully we rounded up all the real life garfields and thought that the humane thing to do would be to not you know, terminate them. They're still beautiful, loving cats, and I love each and every one of them. So we released them off uh, onto an island off the north coast of British Columbia that we were told was empty. Uh We assumed they would sort of live their long lives, take over the island, do whatever they had to do, maybe be consumed by local wildlife out of our hands. Well, we found out, that there was some local wildlife and they have begun to mate. Oh, okay. This uh, is a disaster. Right. Yeah. We have just received our first satellite photo no. of a half-cougar, half-real-life Garfield hybrid oh, no. that has been attempting to swim to the Vancouver mainland. No! <laughs> no! Okay, and so that's not good. That's where people are. If you live on, on in mainland British Columbia no. near the coast and you see what looks like a large toothy feline that is both sarcastic and (laughs) self-aware sad and predatory angry with life and ready to take it out on anyone who comes in its way and specifically bears a grudge towards humans stand clear (laughs)
4: Oh, <laughs> Hank, I hate to say it. This is the sort of blunder that might cost you your Forbes billionaire of the
3: year cover. We got to
1: go out in there and kill those cougars. Yeah, we got to do something. I'll tell you guys right now. I'm not I'm not thinking about the Forbes billionaire of the year cover. You want to <gasps> know what I'm thinking about? What are you thinking what? about? My own bank account and whether I'm even going to be a billionaire at the end of this fiscal quarter. Hey, the Hank. amount of money I'm pumping into these real life Garfields to prove my brother wrong. It's draining me. I need to not only get a handle on this. I need to capture these, you know, sort of sarcastic cougars and find a way to monetize them because I know two things. One, I'm not going to stop until I've made a profit and proven my older brother wrong. And i that's actually the only thing. That's the one thing I know. I
3: won't stop. You got to flip these cats, my friend. You got to flip these cats fast. Maybe, I don't know, you should,
4: I, I don't know, work on the relationship with your brother, but... I feel
1: gross saying that. I'll work on the relationship the moment that I can stand over him, knowing that I'm the better man with more money and he's yeah. begging me. I'm holding a sword to his throat and he's begging <laughs> me for his life. Yeah, that rocks. At actually, that yeah. moment when I when I forgive him yeah. and we hug, in the moment when I have the upper hand, then the relationship can be repaired. Yeah, that makes sense. No, no, no. If you need any help getting those things round
3: up, I can send a fleet of Oompa Loompas. They'll be there in a day. You know what I mean? But uh, this is the thing. You you can't mix family with business. It You just can't do it. It doesn't work out well. Hey, uh, tell Quaker Oats, those Quaker Quakers. Quaker Oats, you know, the Koch brothers.
1: A lot of people will say that our paths were set for us uh, when my parents named him Zeus <laughs> and me Hank. Yep. And yes, Hank is short for handkerchief. And my full name is Hank Ass. And that's not... His last name? Oh, it's not. They called him Zeus, and then they didn't give him a last name? Oh, okay. right. Okay. Wow. Because yes. they wanted his name to be one syllable of pure power, and then they gave me a last name that's not even my family name. It's right. My family name is Gibson. They called me Ass, <laughs> Hank Ass. So I don't know ass. what that's about, but I don't love it.
3: You know what, Hank? Nobody cleans up a mess like handkerchief ass. You you clean up well, Hank. But I got to tell you, your brother is, uh, he's, he's the Mr. Clean of the family, I have to say. In stature, you know, the sheen of his skin and his head.
1: He's so cool. He's very cool. Yeah, he's yeah, really, cool. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Hey, yeah. We should have him on the show once. I'm just thinking numbers wise. I mean, gosh, you saw the size of his birthday party last year. Like, whew. I got so drunk at that party. Jesus. You were effed up.
1: Yeah.
3: Hank, I don't remember maybe I was too drunk. I barely remember you being yeah,
1: there. Yeah, I was there. No, yeah, were you? I got um sort of stuck to my brother's back for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so people had a hard time seeing me. Okay. I was trying to sort of crazy glue yeah. No, that and that tracks that, said, that tracks there's a prank and then I
3: He's a wide guy too and he he's very good about you know his spatial awareness he's always kind of turning around to make sure people can get by him he's very courteous about space yeah so that makes sense that we maybe weren't seeing you and he's very he's very quick you know there's a lot of motion blur when he's moving so maybe we just didn't see you
1: yeah yeah maybe that's it i mean a lot of people did say to me hey hank and then laugh and walk away So, I don't know if you guys were among them.
3: No, I mean, no, I just didn't think you were there, yeah. I don't think I left the dance floor, to be honest. I kind of, I tripped and I twisted my ankle, so I just sat there for a few
1: hours. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You didn't, yeah. I'll tell you this. Killer night. Everything's okay. And let's just hope that nothing ever pushes me too far and forces me to go full supervillain with my real-life Garfield Cougar platoon.
3: Anyways, um... What were we talking about? Oh, me and my son.
1: Yeah, Sherman, what's going on with your son, bud? My son
3: and I are always, you know, we're a a little bit like you and your brother, just with less actual interaction with one another. We've got a bit of a tenuous relationship, but Mm. let's just say there's been some developments lately, and I'm hoping you guys can maybe help me get through this. This is a, I'm in a bit of an odd spot. I recently discovered that my son's been hanging out with with one of my full-size Oompa Loompas.
4: Your son has befriended one of your created Oompa
3: Loompa men persons. Yeah, he's full length. Did you ever see that movie, Being John Malkovich? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know my little door that I have in my house that I built as kind of like a a shrine to that. how much I enjoy that film, right?
1: Yeah, I've, yeah I re- we, we yeah. went to your house when you uh revealed the door for the sort of door reveal. <laughs> right, <laughs> my door reveal
3: party. Yeah, I'll never forget. Well, it turns out the magic doesn't just exist in the movies, my friends. I was checking out my door, and you'll never believe it, I I found myself inside the mind of one of my full-length Oompa Loompas. And this is by accident. Like, this door, you put in the door, it was all purely cosmetic. I could have never known this was going to happen. My God. But I'm inside the mind of this Oompa Loompa. This happened, you know, weeks ago. Listen, I've been doing something bad. I've been, I've been living life as the Oompa Loompa, hanging out with my, my son, and we're having a great time. Right. And I just don't know what to do, because he's starting to wonder where I am. You're, you're worried about the ethical uh, ramifications, given that you are your son's father.
1: And he's befriended this thing that you created. You're sort of be- pretending to be someone you're not in order to spend some time with your son. And not only that, quality time it sounds like. But in a more detailed sense, you created a door to celebrate a movie you like about a magic door that goes into the skull of an actor. Right. Except your door turned out to be magic and led into the skull of a creature you made which is a man-sized Oompa Loompa who your son has befriended against all odds. Yeah. And now you are sort of piloting this Oompa Loompa through a friendship with your son, or are you just a passenger in this Oompa Loompa observing Ooh, the friendship? Great footage? question. I am,
3: I am full pilot. I am in charge of this body. So what
1: is it that you are able to do with your son when you're in this surrogate body? Like, what do you guys do when you hang out? Gosh,
3: I mean... I wave to him. I, you know, I say hi to him. Uh, You know, sometimes he walks near the lab and I kind of, I kind of go, hey, how's it going? How's it going, friend? To be that close with my son again, it's incredible. It's a, it's a, it's a real rush.
1: It doesn't sound like even in this Oompa Loompa body that you and your son are friends. Yeah. It sounds like you're waving to him and he's just looking at you.
4: He's a casual acquaintance, probably way less
3: than a casual acquaintance.
1: Well, as he walks by. Well, come, you guys have walked
3: by me and i've waved at you and you've waved at me and we're friends
1: yeah but we also talk so much huh we do this you know if all we did was walk by you (laughs) then we would not (laughs) be friends really
4: no you understand why we wouldn't be it you know we would see each
3: other maybe three seconds a day
1: yeah that that behavior is not indicative of friendship
3: so all my lab rats all my scientists and my workers they aren't my friends
1: either Sherman, I'm going to I'm going to boil this down for you super simple. Okay. You've created the most complicated way possible to have what it sounds like a 1% better relationship with your son. I don't know what's standing in the way here, but in your normal body, go to him right ask him to go fishing you're right ask him to go throw the baseball no i mean you're hitting the
3: nail on the head i mean it is so much better than it was you're right (laughs) and my god and you know i and this is why i'm bringing this to you guys i mean i need help figuring out how do i make the biggest splash how do i finally reveal to him that it's me that it's his dad in that in that friend of his you know (laughs) you need help you need help that's that's what i'm saying i need your help yeah
1: okay It seems like the answer is just much more simple than all of this. I mean, is
4: it a lot? I mean, the door is in his home. That seems pretty
1: convenient. I mean, I guess I could just
3: I could start having the Oompa Loompa wear my clothes. You know, I could get his hair cut like mine. That's
1: what I meant by simplifying this process. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Yeah, so you can just sort of ease him into being comfortable with you and then you can come out. And just see if that transition works. Wow, yes.
3: See, and this is why I came to my rats for this. Yeah, yeah. Wow, and this is what friends are for, and this is what I want with my son. You understand, when you said, this is what friends are for,
4: when you said that. Okay. That's what friends are for, yes. I mean, I don't think anyone that you just say hi to
3: in the lab would, you know, have such insights and help you out. Okay, okay, I'm going to note that down. You're going to note it down? Yeah, I'm going to write that down, what you said. And how do you spell friend? Okay, well... Look, Sherman, there's an eye in there somewhere. Okay. And, well, what a rat's nest it's been. We took it easy and we took it sleazy, baby. I want to thank Jeremiah Saint, baby. (laughs) Stay wealthy, babies. And I want to thank Hank Ass.
1: Bless you, Sherman, as always. Bless all of you. And if you're on the West Coast, watch out. Watch out, baby.
3: Keep your house cats indoors. I want to thank Stefan, our producer. Thank you, Stefan. I've been Sherman Michael Schunk and we'll see you next week, folks. Bye-bye.